Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Mojo. It's the NFL episode. I am joined by Riley, Dan, and Laura. Guys, again, week seven has been, it is gone. Takeaways from week seven because there was a lot that happened. There were losses, there were wins, there was bad football, there were trades. Laura, I'm going to let you kick it off. What was your highlight for week seven? I think this is a pretty expected one coming from me, but the highlight has to be Seahawks at the top of the NFC West. Who would have thought I sure as heck didn't think that I was very scared and you all helped with me feeling so scared and anxious at the start of the season. Um, But a great win earlier this week. You know, the Seahawks really, I think, are starting to come together under Geno Smith. They're not a championship caliber team by any means and losing DK was a little bit iffy. But, you know, this is a team that I think will make it down the stretch and will be competitive later in the season. So exciting, great to see. Um, disappointing that the Cardinals won. But besides that, you know, very, very happy with how the Seahawks coming through. Riley, I don't know about you, but as a Bears fan, there's nothing more gratifying than looking at the Packers game and seeing a lovely big fat L next to the Green Bay Packers. For me, that was my highlight for week seven, just watching them lose Again, to a sub, um, but Go back up. <laughs> what what would be your? I mean, I don't know if Green Bay's losing is your pick for for week seven, but what would your pick be for week seven as a highlight? Um, I'm gonna actually say um the the Niners uh, Kansas game. It was National Titans Day, and both were on fire Kelsey and Kittle um and then it there was a stat that came up saying that um Kelsey is one one game um away from the record of 100 uh games for a tight end behind Gronk and he was on like 98 he's on 98 yards and they're like gotta get it to him and they designed like a screenplay and you could like it was for him to get it and he dropped it (laughs) He just dropped it cold and it would have been like a five-yard completion, like easy done. Like he he then sits up top with, um, I think Gronk has the record and he's at 98 and and it was straight. It just dropped it cold and you could just see him. It was third and seven and he was just like, yep, now I'm going to have to do it again. Like, but it was so good to see them on that day. Um, Yeah, both tight ends just balling out. It was good. Yeah, he probably was like, I don't want the record. (laughs) I don't want it right now. <laughs> Give it to me another day. Dan, your highlight for week seven. Yeah, it's uh it's a big one. Joe Burrow. Uh I don't know if we remember him, kind of the guy, you know, took a really shit franchise to the Super Bowl. Uh he's back. And he's back in a big way. He's been playing some really good football lately. Obviously, they were a little bit sleepy uh, to start. You know, he came off that surgery, but three TDs, 481 yards uh, this week. Um, you know, they're not even running the ball anymore. They're just, you know, giving it to Joe, letting letting him just sling it around. Um, and, um, you know, there's there's been some light competition, but um, I think they're building to something, building up their confidence. But, yeah, good to have Joe Burrow back and good to see some positive quarterback play in the league at the moment because, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of that around at the moment. Uh, positive quarterback play, I think, is a great transition into our first breakdown game where we talk Buccaneers, Ravens. Um, if we're talking about quarterback play, let's talk about Tom Brady because this guy is struggling to find a relationship with his receivers as well as his personal life. So I don't know how that's <laughs> going, if that's affecting him, but <laughs> – this, this is not the same Buccaneers team that was in the Super Bowl two years ago. Dan? 
Yeah, look, I think one of the things that it sort of reminds me is that you cannot rinse and repeat in the NFL. So, you know, when you look at some of the powerhouse teams that have really been consistent and have dominated, they have had the occasional year where they have struggled or, you know, they've really been proactive, um, you know, in the, in the off season. And sometimes even that's not enough. You look at the Rams who are just ridiculous in terms of some of the transactions that they you know, that they sort of put together, you know, for Tampa Bay, you know, they were an aging roster. Um, they've had a few players sort of move on in the off season. You know, it, it was more, you know, for me looking at their roster, it was more about the players leaving. Yes, it was great to get Tom Brady back, but outside of that, I'm not really looking at this roster and saying, you know, they're in a much better position than what they were a few years ago. And unfortunately that sort of, that's showing week in week out that this team is going backwards. And whilst everyone just wants Tom to, you know, make this whole thing work. Um, you know, the this this roster's struggling. So yeah, it's it's a little bit uncomfortable to watch because, you know, we're just waiting for things to kind of turn around. But yeah, well, what what if it doesn't? I think as well, it comes to a point where you have to kind of look at it and be like, maybe is this a Todd Bowles effect? Is that something that no one really understood? how much of an impact that would have coming into the season. Because, you know, if anything happens to Mike Evans, Tom Brady needs to be put on suicide watch because that's really the only lasting, not only connection, but really kind of spark of energy that this offense has. I mean, you look at how that ball's being spread. Well, it's not being spread. You know, Brady doesn't have trust in his players. You see a couple of little plays every now and then from Cameron Braid. I look, maybe I should add him to my team in fantasy, but, you know, there's just, they haven't got that cohesion there. And like Dan said, I think they've made a serious mistake trying to keep this team alive that got them that Super Bowl and revamp and keep going and keep going. What happened in that Super Bowl was special. And I think a big part of that Super Bowl team was actually Antonio Brown. So you take a player like that out of the fold. And I think that's really changed this offense. And obviously with Gronk out of the, out of the game too, it's um, yeah, they've, they've tried to, to, to just keep going with the old recipe, but yeah, they need to shake it up. I mean, Mike Evans <laughs> dropped a, what, what would have been a touchdown. I mean, yeah. a six-four yard touchdown just completely dropped it. Was he juggling? Uh, like, we, I don't know. Was that? <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. They need to spray <laughs> something on their gloves because it ain't working for them. Because uh, the offense converted two out of twelve third downs, one out of three fourth downs, and in their only kind of red zone possession, they settled for a field goal. I mean, in Brady, the fourth, huh? In the fourth quarter, when you're down by fourteen, and you go for a field goal, a chip shot. Like that's the white flag. Like, yeah. I couldn't, I can't. Like, I, mean, I think, like, you looked at every drive they had, it was like third and long pretty much every time. Once they got past halfway, they're like, you know what? We just don't feel like scoring. But Brady still managed to get 290 yards. I mean, he was 32 for 49, and they had no turnovers. Right. And I think too, they only had one sack and that was something, you know, one sack on Brady, that pressure was coming, but he, that 290 shows he did have time in the pocket. He did have it there. So what, what's the problem? You know, that comes down to play falling. I think. The rush. They only had 46 rushing yards. Yeah. As a team. We, when we talked about Buccaneers, like early on, when we broke down the team. A big thing we talked about is they don't have that run game. You know, if we're looking at kind of, I mean, Riley, if you're looking, if you're the front office and you're looking to try and get somebody in right now, would you be looking at receivers? Would you be looking at maybe a corner for the Buccaneers? Would you be looking at a running back to pick up? Like, what what do they need to kind of bolster this offense and move forward? Well, I'm biased because I like Fournette 
and I still think he's got a lot of grunt and he still has the ability to run it. And so I'm like, okay, do you, do you have a bunch of O-linemen that can pass protect but not run block? Like, you know, if the entire team only got 46 yards, like that's – and it was something ridiculous, like on an average of like 2.3 yards a carry. Like Brady managed to rush for one, which he doesn't usually do. But like, you know, compared to 178 yards, I think it was for Carolina, like they just like – they just ground it. And it's not like they they were in, like, a massive loss, uh, a massive come from behind straight off. Like, it was, like, 7-0 at halftime. Like, it's not like they had to throw the ball. It's just, like, Brady's taking control. You know, he almost threw 50 attempts. Like, that's got to hurt. Like, give the rock to someone else. You know, they the best teams are the ones that can run it because that opens up your pass game so much. And if they're not going to trust to give it to your running backs, then, you know, you don't really have a game plan. Yeah. One of the things I'm really interested in is, and I think this is something the Bucs need to look at is sitting down with Tom Brady and really trying to work out what the future looks like for him. You know, like he doesn't have to tell the world again, you know, surely in this day and age, you know, that you've got enough respect for Brady to be able to keep this under wraps, but they, the Bucs really need to know what the situation is here with Brady, because what they're doing is they're just patching this together each and every year and trying to, trying to go for a Super Bowl. So, you know, Alex, when you're in this position and the wheels start to fall off, this is perfect rebuild mode. You've still got some players here that you could sell off and you could get some amazing draft capital, you know, in, in a year or two, you could be a contender again. This is, this is kind of what a lot of those top squads do They they sort of refresh, but you know, I don't know. You know, there's whispers Brady might go for a few more seasons. Is this his last one? I guess it just kind of puts the Bucks into a holding pattern. And if they're just going to continue to roll out what they've got, um, you know, my biggest dis- disappointment is the defense. You know, you can see the holes in the offense. You can see there's no depth, cl- clearly aging on that side of the ball. But there's, there's really no excuses for the defense, and especially given who the head coach is. So, yeah, what what is doing in Tampa Bay? Yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. I, I do think it's now turning into a detriment, Brady not having retired for the Buccaneers. I think it's going to be a detriment moving forward. He said in a press conference kind of last week that he has no plans to retire, but you're right. If, if I was Brady, I'd be looking at this and going, hey, you know what? At some point, you have to go. I cannot still be playing football when I'm 60. You're still going to be slow. You don't run the ball. And what's turned into a very mobile game He's not someone that we can – I think that they can utilize anymore. You're right. I think they should be selling players, trading players, or they should be doing. But if we talk about a run game, let's move to their opposition where the Ravens ha- – no DK – no Jake um, – no Dobbins, right? He's kind of out for running. Lamar, he's doing okay. Last week's game, they do well until they get into the final quarter, and then they look like they're going to implode in the last three minutes. Riley, they had a similar issue this past week where three minutes left on the clock and they turned it over to the Browns and it looked like the Browns were going to go score. Like, that's not sustainable as far as the season goes. No, and they were they were pretty lucky too. They ended up having to punt and gave the ball back to Cleveland and then they Cleveland fumbled. Like, there was still 16 seconds to go. Like, it's still a long shot, but... Like, they scraped through again. And I don't know if it comes down to play calling or 
like trying to protect the lead. I hate protecting the lead. You should always play like you're behind because um, otherwise that, that's how you lose. When protecting a lead never works unless you know what the other team's going to do because then you can control absolutely everything. But, yeah, they just – I think they're riding Lamar too much. And, yes, he's a great player, but he he isn't the best at everything and that's where they let themselves down because his game style isn't going to beat every defense and the other pieces around him can't always sort of make up for where he lacks. Mark Andrews, great tight end. Lamar's running the ball or getting a toss from him <laughs> under center, which was a very cute little play. And it, it made it made them a heap of yards, but like, yes, you can fiddle around and you can you can move your pieces everywhere, but it's not always going to be their best decision. And, and it just shows the last month that no matter how much Lamar does or what he does, it's not always going to be enough. Yeah, and you kind of talked about him not being kind of like good at everything. And I think his stats kind of show that from this past week. He was 9 for 16, 120 yards. No, Can, like- we, can we just pause on that? Alex, n- 9. He threw, <laughs> he threw the ball n- – he had nine completions. He completed that. Nine. You, you did that. Mike yeah. Evans had that many receptions today. Yeah, like. it's it, it's so bad. I, I mean, you know, I've always been a massive defender of Lamar because you know there's a lot of the lot of history that goes into him as a person, as a player, as a prospect. You know, in, there's this sort of stigma around him that he can only sort of run the ball. That's what the Ravens are doing at the moment. But I've I've, I've always kind of respected his passing game. So. I just don't know how much longer I can defend Lamar. You know, he doesn't have the talent. I totally get that. But in these clutch moments, he is cooked come the fourth quarter. He's tired. He's worn out. He's worn out trying to carry this, carry this team. And, you know, this is where a lot of the other top tier talent would, you know, like you said, Riley, just go for it, you know, throw the ball around and, you know, sort of go for the throat. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about Lamar at the moment. It's interesting that these two teams, the Bucks and the Ravens, are going to be coming up against each other on the slate um, for week eight. Because when you look at, you break down the stats of this Ravens offense, you know, Lamar Jackson has been leading that rush. He's got over 500 rushing yards. Then who comes in second? That's Kenyon Drake. He's got under 200 on the season. That's a huge gap. And I think that's the key to why they have been breaking down. They are relying on Lamar Jackson. He can make these plays. He can extend the play. He can get the ball and himself to where he needs to be. He can throw the ball. But in the in a situation where it's going to be a run play, he's always choosing to keep it rather than handing it off. I don't know if that's a coaching decision or a personal decision. But, you know, Kenyon Drake had no yards today um, earlier at this game. And I think it just shows that that's the biggest problem with this team. They need to get that ball being moved by someone that isn't Lamar. Lamar needs to be a quarterback not a running back if he wants to be a running back that's fine Preach. get someone else in and change position get that so shit on it. a bumper sticker there we go Hopefully. love that <laughs> i mean we got to give credit to their defense i think their defense is what's really kind of hold them in these games obviously we saw the blocked punt which was a big kind of play for them in this past week their def- their rush defense had five sacks you know, against the Browns. So they're obviously doing well somewhere, but you guys are right. They've got to allow somebody else to run the ball because when you're running the ball as a quarterback, you then get tired and you can't throw the ball far. And it's just not conducive to kind of um, long-term football. So if we kind of move into our predictions, look, 
I'm I'm gonna go Ravens just because I think the Bucks are imploding. I think Brady, you know, going through five tablets a game and yelling at his O line is not a sustainable way. It's not really the positive environment the Bucks need right now. So I'm gonna go Ravens, but again, I'm get, I think it's gonna be a three point game. Damn. This is tough. I, I, look, I have a rule to not bet against Tom Brady. So I will not financially bet against Tom Brady, but <laughs> I, look, I have, I've got to go Ravens in this one just because, you know, the Buccaneers, you know, I, I just feel like waiting for that week where they turn this around, you know, they're going to be desperate, you know, their season's on the line. I, I felt like that's been the last couple of weeks. So how much longer do we have to sit back and wait for them to really get this together? Um, so look, I, I'm going to go with Lamar. I'm going to go with the Ravens, but look, I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm not doing it with a lot of confidence. Laura? I don't know. I think this Ravens defense is allowing a lot of yards. And I think, you know, they're averaging about 23 points. And I think that's that can be exploited by this Buccaneers team. I do think there are a lot of problems and there are some serious issues that need to be addressed. One of, I think, Tom Brady needs to go. Um, but I think the Bucs will take it this week. Oh, okay. We got two for the Ravens, one for the Bucks. Riley, you know what that means. Do you pull the Ravens in favor or do you even us out? Um, this is so hard because I hate both of them. But <laughs> I'm I'm going, I'm gonna go for the Bucks. Ugh. I don't, it's at Bucks. I don't see Brady losing three in a row, even though that would make me so happy. Um, but also it means that the it's better for the Bengals if the Ravens lose. So I'ma just kick that. So Riley's going for the Bengals, hoping that Ravens <laughs> lose. <laughs> so two, My backup for two, team. <laughs> two for two on that one. I guess we'll figure out who's going to win that one when they play. Guys, it's time to move into our next breakdown game. Laura, I know you're excited for this breakdown because as we saw last before last week's game, CMC, Christian McCaffrey has found himself back in the Bay with the 49ers. Based on that 49ers team right now, do you think that was a good move, good trade? They traded away some 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 draft capital for that. Who do you think won out of that draft right that trade right there? You know, they traded away a bit of draft capital, but no first round picks. And I think that's because of the injury that CMC had last season. I think if that hadn't have happened, you know, he's been a pretty healthy guy, then we would have seen him go for quite a bit more. I think this is such an exciting trade. I'm really disappointed from a Seattle point of view. But I think it's outstanding for this offense that really is dynamic. They do have these pieces, but adding in CMC will just extend the play call in the playbook even more. We saw him earlier this week, you know, line up as a wide receiver. He had a couple of, you know, iffy points, but he got the ball. He ran, he got two first downs. Um, I think, you know, what he can bring to this offense as he learns the play calling, as he learns the coaching system is amazing. And, you know, he, he wasn't hard to get him out of, out of Carolina. I thought it might've been a bit more of a struggle. I didn't think it would actually happen this quickly. Um, But obviously, you know, they've got a lot of issues going on there. This quarterback situation is a nightmare really for them. Um, And they've spent a lot of money on that. So I think that they were happy to kind of regain a little bit of what they've lost over the years. And I'm excited to see what he does. Riley, you mentioned their game against uh, the Chiefs this past week. They did lose it, 23-44. It looked like they had it within within kind of, you know, range when Kittle got, got his touchdown. He had 98 yards. But when you kind of look at this rushing room, right, Debo Samuel, who's been a great producer for them as rush yards, you got Jeffrey Wilson, who had 54. 
You had Christian McCaffrey at 38. Debo Samuel probably had like a lower end kind of production day from a run perspective, but he did have 42 yards on, you know, five receptions. Do you think they're trying to move Debo more into a receiving capacity than they are rushing based on kind of how they played against the Chiefs? And do you think that's wise for Debo and the 49ers? Um, Financially, yes, because of all of his uh, incentives. He's not going to get his rushing yards and touchdown bonus that way. But um, I think I think the Niners realize that they're kind of – they've got so many little pieces. They're trying to get that, that last piece. Their defense is supposed to be elite. Like it's supposed to be one of the best, but they let in 530 yards today in total. Like Mahomes just had, a, had a field day. Um in the air and on the ground, not so much. But um, I think I think it won't show for a while, like while McCaffrey's still learning the playbook and things like that, like Debo's still going to have that that more of an X factor, I'll call it, um, just because he knows the system plus playing with um, Garoppolo for so long, um, especially this year, they'll, they'll have that connection already. Um, but I mean, they were after first round picks. Um, and that's, what's exciting about this game is because both the Rams and the Niners wanted McCaffrey and the Rams had nothing. They couldn't give them what the Niners could both didn't have first round picks. So they'd already traded them away. Um, so this was the, the best that they could offer kind of thing. And Carolina took it and, um, I think it I think it shows that Carolina too, like they they declined apparently uh two first round picks for one of their linebackers. They are batshit crazy. Brian Burns. Oh. Batshit crazy. Yeah, so like it's kinda like how desperate were you to get rid of him as opposed to how much can you get for him kind of thing. So with his injuries and everything like that, like there could be things behind the scenes we didn't even know. Um and, you know, I'll, I'm interested to see because of how big of a trade it was, um, what actually happens, especially because I know so many Niners fans and they will just be thinking that this is the golden ticket to the Super Bowl. And I just, I just want them to come crashing down. I mean, we talk about golden ticket, right? I mean... To the Super Bowl yeah you're right there is a lot of people that are like oh this is it we've done it we've got the people we need to to get there and it's like hold on not quite not quite yeah not quite your defense the Seattle's sitting at the top going not literally quite. Exactly. Like, we're still here <laughs> don't forget about fire. us <laughs> I mean UK went out and we still won so hey <laughs> true um but you know we do have to kind of talk about the defense a little bit my boy Nick Bosa had the only sack of the game I feel like somebody needs to help the boy out because Nick Bosa is not a bad player. He's a great player in my eyes. Yes, I'm biased because I am an Ohio State fan. But, Dan, really? you were, don't be rude now. I am wearing my, my Brutus Buckeye shirt, for those of you who can't see it. Um, but <laughs> this defense has to be fixed somewhere, Dan, because they're they've got tools on their offense, but to be able to stop – you know, other teams from scoring as many as they have this past week. I, I don't know. I, if I was the 49ers, I'd be looking to try and bolster that quick smart. 
Yeah, look, I think the 49ers are one of those teams where they're very patchy and you just need to be very careful. You know, a lot of the a lot of the form that you'll see at the start of the season, middle of the year, um, you know, it's it's often not quite reflective of what the 49ers will be at their absolute best. The reason for that, it's injuries. You know, their biggest issue, the 49ers, is they just need everyone healthy. And I know that's a simple one, but at the end of the day, you know, a lot of the teams that go through to the Super Bowl – are healthy teams and the 49ers just have this curse on them. I hope it doesn't impact um, CMC there. They're running backs. That, that's, that's something that really needs to be looked at. So for me, I think health is going to be a big one, but just look off the back of what you guys were saying about CMC, just my quick two cents on it. It's fun from a team building perspective. This, this is really, really smart uh, by the 49ers playing uh, keep away from the Rams Riley, as you spoke about that, that's, that's very, very clever. But I think, you know, the other part of it too is I think it's a very, very smart move in terms of this whole Jimmy G, Trey Lance situation as well because, you know, this puts them in a really good position to try and do something this year to uplift Jimmy G's value and to try and get some of these draft picks back. And look, if Trey Lance cannot do something with this football team, with this offense next year, I mean, he he is not it. Um, I mean, you wouldn't even bother trading him. Just 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 cut him now. So you know, this puts them in a really good position. And um, yeah, a little bit unfair though. You've got Debo Samuel. What do you need CMC for? So you know, they're they're piling strength upon strength. When this team's fully healthy, yeah, look out. Yeah, I'd just be trading Trey Lance. I don't know if I'd give the boy a shot. Like he didn't play enough college football. He's not like just yeah. Get rid of him. Anyway, we've talked about the Rams a couple of times, so I think it's fair now if we move into their opposition, which are the Rams. We talked about getting healthy. They are coming off a bye. Matthew Stafford has not been, for the receivers that he has, for the offseason that they had as far as signings and trades, I was expecting way more out of Matthew Stafford, Riley. I mean, the dude rushed for minus three yards um, this past I mean, his two weeks ago, excuse me, um, in kind of like week six, I think it was against the Panthers. They still won that game, but do you think they, I feel like they needed this bye week just to kind of like take a breather, get their head around what they need to do to actually play football. Yeah, I think like they definitely have dropped in production and that I honestly think comes down to the missing OBJ. Like he is such an X factor um, and just his presence on the field, it just makes you have to respect every single pass, short, medium, out, in, deep, like, and they don't really have that person anymore. Um, If they were smart enough, they would try and get him back, I think, but I don't think they are. Um, He's going to the Chiefs from what I hear. Um, Or reunion in New York, that would be fun. Um, but yeah, he just, their whole situation with Cam Akers and trading him and wanting to get whatever they can for him. Like they've barely had a run game all year. Um, and it's not just come from Akers either. Like it's the whole backfield. Um, so protection up front needs to improve. And I don't know if that's from injuries because I know they are beaten up. Um, but is same as Lamar. Cooper Cup can't do everything. Like he's a freak and his yak is ridiculous, but you cannot just rely on him to hit him every single time. And I think that he's become such a safety net for Stafford that 
he's it's the old Mahomes, you know, Tyreek meme is like, oh, he's up there somewhere, like just throw it up and, and see what happens. But, you know, they, they know the game plan now a bit better. Cooper Cup's now known as such a threat. And I think that as much as their defense is probably as good as it was last year, their offense is severely declined. So they're on the field more. You know, they're coming off the field after three and out, after three and out, their defense gas. That's why they're getting blown out because their defense doesn't get that opportunity to rest anymore. And I think another thing, you know, we haven't mentioned or heard much about Aaron Donald this season. You know, he has four sacks so far through seven games, which is not where I expected him to be with the amount of divisional matchups that they have had and the amount of, you know, it's just been it's just not what we expected and I think Bobby Wagner coming in has been the only bright light of this defense so far he's got 46 tackles and you look at it and you think well what would have happened if Seattle had kept him they weren't out they weren't out actively really trying to reshape this defense which is what I think they actually really needed and you know I keep bringing up this example but when you look at what Von Miller's doing in Buffalo you just it's it's I can't understand why they didn't keep him. I can't understand why they didn't keep OBJ. You know, is it an ego thing now or a pride thing that they're not wanting to pay OBJ? Because I think the whole of the NFL and everyone that watches any game can see that they need that. And it's disappointing and it's a shame, but, you know, good on OBJ for getting out there and, and doing what he does. But yeah, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I think this is a team that really is just not going to make it, you know, eight interceptions for Stafford. He just is not clicking. He's not getting the work done. I don't know if he needs to go in the film room with Kyla or what's going on there, but really it's just a, it's just a crap show. And I, it's disappointing. I mean, Dan, before we get into kind of our picks, like, I mean, Riley and Laura have kind of touched on it. There's not much for us to kind of explain here. Their defense is not where we expect them to be after that Super Bowl performance, right? When we talked about the team in the offseason, not to toot my own horn, but I did say the biggest issue for them was going to be that O-line. And I hate to say it, but watching it we- them week in and week out, it's the same thing. They're letting people through. Matthew Stafford's getting sacked. They're- he's getting too much pressure on the quarterback. Just very quickly from you before you give your prediction as well, two cents. What do you think the Rams need to do to fix this? Yeah, look, they are incredibly top-heavy. And, um, you know, you can't criticize them because they went on and got a Super Bowl. Uh, so, you know, all of the things that they've done has has paid off. But, you know, this is the, the short-term pain that, you know, a football club is going to go through when they have this sort of approach. You know, this isn't basketball. You don't have a handful of players out on the field. You know, it really does take a significant squad or 53 to really try and, um, you know, be competitive, you know, each and every week. So the Rams, they lose one player, two plays to injury. They're completely exposed. They have a couple of players that are not quite in form, completely exposed. So, you know, it's really, really tricky at the moment and there's not a lot of solutions, but Hey, yeah, Stafford really needs to clean things up a little bit, um, you know, to, to try and turn things around. Uh, Prediction time, Alex, you mentioned that. Hey, Rams coming up against the 49ers. They have no chance. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan has McVay covered. Um, you know, it's it's the record is unbelievable. I, I think the 49ers do a pretty big job on the on the Rams and coming off a bye. I, I think that's um anyway, gamble responsibly. A bit of value there. But yeah, I, I've got the 49ers winning big here. Riley. I'm gonna go for the upset. Go Rams. Aaron Donald has his best game of the year. And I don't know, Stafford's leading Russia or something. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It is okay. possible. <laughs> Uh, Laura, wow. do, you, do you want to back that sentiment? Or do you- <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm staying away from that. I'm never going to Riley for help with a multi. Um, look, I think this is the 49ers one. They do have some significant injuries on that defense, but I think with CMC in the house, in training this week, I think he's going to start to kind of click with this offense. I'm excited to see what they do. And yeah, I think it's an easy 49ers win. Well, that leaves me, and sorry, Riley, you might be on your own um, with this one, and you are, not might be. I'm going to go 49ers. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I can't I can't back you there. I don't think Stafford is producing it like he should be, and I do think it's going to come down to a coaching matchup, and I do think the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan are just that little bit better with the repertoire and the player they, players they have, and especially as far as the run game goes. Um, so, yeah, 49ers for me. So we're three for the 49ers, one for the Rams. I guess we'll see who comes out on top when they play. But, uh, guys, it is time to move in a rapid fire. Um, I'm going to kick it off with my games. Uh, Colts, Commanders, look, who knew the Commanders were going to go on a two-week kind of like they have? It looks like Carson Wentz kind of being out and injuries doing them some favors. I don't know. But against the Colts, it's not going to be anything pretty. It's going to be a bad game. But I see Commanders coming out on top. Bills versus Packers, Bills. I don't even have to think about that one. The way the Packers are playing, there's just no way I see them pulling it off against the Bills. I mean, it's it just makes me happy to say that. I just I just lit up as I said, you know, Bills over the Packers. So happy for that one. Browns v. Bengals. I mean, hey, you're in Ohio. <laughs> what else is there to do on a Sunday in Ohio but watch the Browns and the Bengals play? Um, but, you know, for me, I'm going to go with Riley's boys. Uh, and go Bengals over the Browns. But uh, Dan, your roundup for week eight. Yeah, look, I don't have as exciting uh, matchups here, especially <laughs> this first one. Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Denver Broncos. Uh, yeah, what a shit show. But uh, hey, it's a little bit of fun. Watch watch a little bit of comedy uh, with your NFL. Uh, Ripian, you know, is he better than Russ? I don't know. We'll see how that one goes. Look, it, it is so disappointing. The Broncos defense, we say it every week. Outstanding. Uh, they are playing so incredibly well. They don't deserve this travesty that is the uh, the Denver on- offense. Um, it's getting worse and worse. So, yeah, really need to uh, start to, you know, pack the bags of that head coach, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, yeah, look, Trevor, you know, he's having quite a few issues. He doesn't necessarily have a deep threat. I would love Trevor Lawrence to find you know, and it's difficult, a Jamar chase or someone that he can build a combination with so we can start to see a little bit more besides this uh, dinking and dunking and getting hit by the defense as well. O-line needs to step up. I'm going to go the Jags who get the, to get the job done there. Uh, Lions v. Dolphins. Uh, look, it is sad watching the Lions play as well. After hard knocks, there was some good vibes. I like Dan Campbell, uh, just a dude. You know, he's a bit of a rah-rah type coach, but... Yeah, that defense, uh, it's its its terrible. And um, Jared Goff is now starting to revert back to old Jared Goff, which is which is making life very difficult. They're also getting a few unfortunate injuries here or there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go the Dolphins in that one. Atlanta Falcons coming up against the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers are forgetting how to tank. I think we've had this issue with a few franchises in the past. Uh, obviously, last week didn't go to plan with PJ Walker. Um, look, I think he should be the starter. Uh, which is why I'd be burying him in the depths chart because the point is here to rack up all of these picks, trade Brian Burns absolutely for those two first-round picks. So, look, I'm going to go Falcons here. Um, hopefully the Panthers um, can stick to the script. Riley, your week eight roundup. 
So we've got the Vikings and the Cards. This is, I feel like this is the, the game that will show the pretenders from the contenders. Um, I'm going to go Cards only yeah. because, one, I don't like the Vikings. Two, I think, I think Kyla and D-Hop, that connection that they have, it's finally back. D-Hop's only going to get better the more he gets game time. Um, even though he's going to come up against a pretty decent defense, I think that they're just going to come out firing. And if James Connor is healthy, that run game will just go up that little bit, even though Benjamin seemed to have a really good game. Um, so I think they're going to, I think it's going to be really high scoring, um, but I think cards are going to come out on top. I have my bears and them boys. Um, I hate I hate picking against my team, but how can I when my quarterback doesn't know how to play and our defense is they're okay, but I mean I just cry every week. Like <laughs> I just I can't not, and I just think that the the Cowboys have something to play for. The Bears just don't seem to be doing anything, so. I have to go the Cowboys and then I'm just <laughs> Saints versus Raiders. Um, I think the Raiders are going to go on a streak. Um, Josh Jacobs finally had a breakout game. Um, he absolutely killed it. Three touchdowns, just all the scrimmage yards. Um, Devontae uh, Adams and Derek Carr. I expected more from Carr today, but I think that um, they're really going to exploit the Saints um, and their actual lack of defensive backs. Um, Up front, they're really strong, but I think Carr and hopefully Waller, if he can get back too, like having those two big-bodied receivers on the field at the same time and then having Jacobs out the backfield, it's going to destroy them. Well, just to put it out there, I'm on Bears over Cowboys because I back my boys, unlike Riley. Um, so <laughs> even though it is reverse, it's reverse psychology. Exactly. Right. I get it. But like also like go Bears. Uh, Laura, you get to <laughs> round this out for the games for weekend. <laughs> um, all right, Eagles Steelers. I think this is a pretty straightforward one. Eagles are just on a tear at the moment. Jalen Hurts, it's a beautiful thing to see. I think this is an easy win for them. The Steelers, they show pockets and they show moments where they look like they could be a football team and then like most teams at the moment the wheels fall off um easy one eagles jets patriots look i i think the jets have been playing some outstanding um football recently but i'm going to take the patriots yes let's go i actually (laughs) you know i think this is such a fun competitive game that is looked forward to by most patriots fans and why let them down at this point in the season with everything they've been dealing with um i do think you know the jets are on a great run but i don't think it is sustainable down the stretch they've done beautiful things but i think that's where it's at texans titans titans easy um not that much to say about the texans not really a fan of them uh seahawks giants coming to the money show i look it's an easy one. I'm going to go with Seattle, but I have my reasons to go for Seattle. 
you know, I think this is a Giants team that's had some injuries. They're relying on Saquon. They've done, you know, Brian Dable's done some incredible things with this team so far. But the Seattle defense, I think they're getting a little bit overlooked. Um, you know, they do have some problems. They do uh, allow these long offensive drives, but they can stop that ball. They are good against the run when they like to open their eyes and play football. And, you know, these are two pretty evenly matched teams, I think, in so many regards. But I think Seattle's on a tear. Geno Smith is just showing everyone up. I want to apologize to him. Um, I was pretty harsh on him. And, well, luckily, we don't have to talk about Drew Locke. Um, but, yeah, Seahawks, easy win, putting my money behind them this week. And that's that. Can I just give some advice to Geno Smith? He needs to finish everything with Go Hawks, just to really <laughs> rub it into Russ. <laughs> I mean, yes. just, just to kind of put like a little bit of a damper on Laura's kind of prediction with the Seahawks and Giants, their quarterback, Daniel Jones, has five game-winning drives. That is the most by a quarterback in the NFL right now. All the others Streaks are meant to end. Streaks are so, meant to end. you know what? I'm hoping he gets six just to be a pain. I'm picking Giants on, <laughs> on that one. But, guys, as always, it's so much fun talking football. It's, again, it's been a crazy week seven Week eight is sure to be the same kind of insane games we've had in the, that we've seen this season. But uh, as always, enjoy football.